We'll see if you know who this 19th century poem is about. Her heart it means good for no bounty she'll take. She'll lay down her life for the poor soldier's sake. She prays for the dying. She gives peace to the brave. She feels a soldier has a soul to be saved. The wounded, they love her. It's been seen. She's the soldier's preserver. They call her their queen. May heaven give her strength. Her heart never fail. One of heaven's best gifts. And we'll come back to who that person is here in just a moment. Here's a second question. What did the early church use as their designation for themselves? Now, church, the word means called out ones. It's not a building or a denomination, but there was a terminology they used in the book of Acts to identify themselves. We'll come back to that here in just a moment. And a third question is, what miracle, besides the resurrection is included in all four Gospels. Only two miracles in all four Gospels, the resurrection and the feeding of the 5,000. We're not going to read the story about the 5,000. We all know it well. We'll just look at one verse from that story. But you remember, Jesus taught the crowds. Eventually, he told the disciples, the people are hungry. They had five loaves, two fish. They said, how do we feed the crowds with this? And when they were done, Passing out food, they had 12 basketfuls left, one basket for each disciple to have as a memorial for the miracle that they just saw. C.T. Studd, 1800s, said it like this, Christ does not want nibblers of the possible, but grabbers of the impossible. We're going to see in the story of the 5,000 something happened. Jesus did a miracle, fed the crowd, People went away, they came back the next day, and they said, we're hungry, and he said to them, you're only back because I gave you food. I want to talk about your spiritual condition. I want to talk about your need of a Savior. He revealed himself to them as Messiah, the Passover lamb. The people said this is a hard saying when he told them they needed to lose their life to find it. And we read then what takes place next, John 6, verse 66. After this, many of the disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. Jesus then at that point turned to the twelve, asked if they were going to leave too. And Peter utters those beautiful words, To whom would we go, Lord? You have the words of life. So, what takes place is they saw the miracle. The next day they wanted another miracle. And Jesus said, it's not about the miracle. What we need to talk about is your heart, your soul, your spirit, your sin, salvation. And that's when the people said, this is a hard saying. And they walked away. Jacob McMillan wrote this about miracles. I think what he writes here is well worth listening to. He simply says this. I've seen people supernaturally healed of cancer, complete with medical verification, and then still not change as a person. I've seen God supernaturally restore relationships and watch them implode a few years later. I've seen drug addicts supernaturally delivered without a single withdrawal, only to fall back into addiction down the road. I believe healing and deliverance are rarely long-term solutions they are gifts. They are often quick fixes that give us the freedom to address the deeper problems 
and they are meant to facilitate a more complete wholeness. The people wanted another miracle. Jesus wanted their heart, soul, spirits to be given completely unto the gospel message. They simply walked away from that challenge. So, one verse, 1 Samuel 17, 29, for people that feel like giving up or feel like their faith is too challenging or maybe they are just lazy in their faith. Listen to this statement here, and it's for each one of us. Whether you're thriving in your faith or you're struggling, here is a statement to memorize and repeat on a daily basis. This is what that crowd needed to gather when they were confronted with what Jesus taught. This is David. He's about to face Goliath. He goes and he tells his brothers, why does someone not face the giant? They tell him, you cannot help here. You should go home. And 1 Samuel 17, 29, David then says, is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? Is there not a reason to lay your life on the line for a bigger purpose, even in the face of a giant? Is there not a cause? Is there not something greater than our own lives to be prepared to follow after him even when it's easy or not easy or difficult or inconvenient? Is there not a greater cause? When we look at people that are wrestling in their personal lives, is there not a cause to go deeper in your faith? When people struggle with addiction and need questions answered, is there not a cause to have a deeper commitment to Christ so that your witness can be better? When you're tired, don't feel like praying, is there not a cause to find the strength to pray until you have that breakthrough? A few days ago, we were talking about human need psychology, something put together by Anthony Robbins and Chloe Madonna's. And just briefly, again, we all have six needs. First need for certainty, at least that I can avoid pain and move towards pleasure. The second need is variety. If everything were the same, we would be bored and boredom is depression. The third need we all have is love. There was a time as an infant, if you came from a healthy home, you had unconditional love. You just simply were born and got all sorts of attention. We can all have memories of that. We all want to move back to that. We all know as we've grown, most love is not unconditional. But at our core, we want that same love. Fourth need we have is significance. To know we matter to somebody else more than anything else in the world. We all need to grow spiritually emotionally, relationally, and we all need to contribute to give beyond ourselves. Monica and I know somebody back home and they often do very dishonest things. Dishonest things to get money. Yet they proclaim to believe the gospel message. They proclaim to be a follower of Christ. And so Monica was asking, how can somebody say they believe in Jesus and yet 
be deceitful and lie and so greedy. And here's why. And please hear this. We all have these needs, but these needs are not simply a preference or a want. They are part of how we are made. We need certainty, variety, love, significance, growth, contribution. Honesty is a value. Integrity is a value. And this person that is deceitful to get money, they find certainty in that money. Here's the thing. People will violate their values to meet their needs. Some people are driven by certainty and they may talk about faith, but then they try to control others. Or somebody else might get significance by being very angry, but they may say they value compassion and treating other people well. But they gain great significance because people pay attention when somebody's angry. People will violate their values to meet their needs unless, unless they are conscious and paying attention. And as Paul said, pray that the eyes of your heart be opened. You see, because when we live to serve others, suddenly we don't live to meet our needs, not in a selfish way. And suddenly we can live at a different perspective and from a different place where we say things like, is there not a cause? Is there not a reason to lay down my life one for another? You see, that's the challenge we each face daily in our walk in Christ. Jeff Strike shares about an ad a friend of his put in the paper The ad simply said, lost 50 pounds, selling my fat clothes, good condition. As this person related, they got bombarded with phone calls. However, people were not interested in the clothing. They wanted to know how this person lost 50 pounds. Again, people are hungry for answers in life. And we then need to be about the Father's business and say, is there not a cause to go deeper, to make sacrifices, to try harder, to push further, and to not give up? So back to the poem, did you figure out who was being discussed? May heaven give her strength, her heart never fail. One of heaven's best gifts, Florence Nightingale. Born in 1820, at a very young age, she had a very deep spiritual experience and gave her life to Christ. She would learn five languages, one of those Greek, a skill she would use to read the New Testament. During her lifetime, Russia and Turkey went to war, the Crimean War. And at times, a thousand soldiers died a day. Eventually, Britain and France entered the war. But what happened is more people died in the hospital than on the battlefield. They simply appointed people to be nurses. They'd find someone on the street and say, you're now a nurse. No training, no skills, no knowledge. Until at 34, Florence Nightingale a believer in Christ, 
showed up and said, we need to change things radically. First, she sanitized the hospitals. She said, people are dying because you're spreading infection. She said, secondly, we need to understand these men are in great danger of losing their lives. They're facing death. There's fear. We need to be compassionate and show them love and give them the integrity in our service they deserve. Because of that, she is known as the founder of modern nursing. Is there not a cause? Back to our next question, the oldest designation of the church for itself. If you turn to the book of Acts, chapter 19, verses 8 and 9, Paul in Ephesus, we're told Paul entered the synagogue and spoke boldly for three months. Some of the people became obstinate. They refused to believe and they publicly maligned the way. The way. That's how the early believers identified themselves. They identified themselves as followers of the way. Again, when people are looking for the truth, we are to be there to show them the way. The way that leads to the one who is the way, the truth, and the life. In 1844, the Duke of Wellington knelt at an altar to take the bread and the cup. It said that a peasant kneeled beside him to take the bread and the cup. Someone walked up to this man, tapped him on the shoulder, and whispered, It's not appropriate for you to kneel beside the Duke of Wellington. Please step away from the altar until he steps away himself. This man started to rise. The Duke of Wellington put his hand on this man's shoulder and said, do not move. We are equal here. We all come equal to the cross. We all come equal, the same need of a savior. And when Christ then meets us in that place of need, he calls us then to follow him even in the challenging times, and to take up the banner, is there not a bigger reason to lay down our life? Is there not a cause? And to be faithful in that cause to show people the way. Acts 19, 23. Luke says, There took place at that time no small disturbance about the way. The way. Followers of the way. John Oscar shared something about working in an office. He said we had a difficult person there, always made mistakes, always lied about it, and tried to blame somebody else. He said, I, I talked to other coworkers. They said, yes, this man is frustrating. He always tries to pass the blame. And John said he went home and prayed, God, why did you put me in an office with somebody so dishonest? and difficult to work with. And he said as he was praying, he felt God speak to his heart, do you think it's a mistake? He is with you. A dishonest man in need of a savior. Is it an accident? You're working with such a man. Is there not a cause? Acts 24, 14, Paul before the Roman governor, Felix. Paul says, I admit I worship the God of our ancestors as a follower of the way. 
that we become more deeply committed. We all have a week that lies before us. May we be faithful followers of the way. C.S. Lewis said, The only thing Christianity cannot be is moderately important. It's either everything and all things, or it's nothing. And we need to be about making it everything in our life. As we close here, Wellington Boone said it like this, Pray there before you go there. Pray there before you go there. May our prayers this week be, Father, let me be a follower of the way and guide me to be more closely obedient in that walk. And daily let us say, is there not a cause? Is there not a cause for us to lay down our life for something bigger than ourselves and say, you know what, here I am, Father, send me. A few years ago, Ashley Smith made headlines. She went on to write a best-selling book. Recently, there was a movie about her life. This man on the screen, Brian Nichols, was in court. He got out of the cuffs, grabbed a gun from a deputy. He shot a judge, two officers, a civilian. And when he escaped out the door, went down the street, he saw Ashley Smith entering her apartment. He put a gun to her head and said, let me in. And he took her hostage. What Brian Nichols didn't know is Ashley Smith had been down this road before. She was a drug addict. Her husband had also been a drug addict. She even lost her daughter, had to give her up to a family member. Even having a child did not break their addiction. And three years prior to meeting Brian Nichols, Ashley Smith was out one night. Her husband got into a street fight and a man took his life. Even losing her husband did not break her addiction. However, just a few days before Brian Nichols took her hostage, Ashley agreed to go with a family member to church. While they were at church, they passed out a free book, A Purpose Driven Life. Ashley took a copy of the book, but said she felt guilty not paying something. The only thing in her purse was a dollar bill she used to roll up to sniff drugs. She put that dollar bill in the offering plate began to read this book. Suddenly, a few days after taking that book home, Brian Nichols held her hostage in her apartment for seven hours. During that time, she told him about her addictions, her struggles, her brokenness, and also her newfound faith. But she said to him, I'm very new at this, but I have been reading this book. Perhaps I could read some of what's here out loud. He invited her to do so. She opened up the book, the verse before her. She read, Whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. 
She read more of the chapter about Christ, the gospel, and Brian Nichols opened up the door and let her go free, surrendered to the police without any more fight. Ashley Smith said her addiction was broken that day. She eventually wrote a book, got married, has her family back, now travels sharing the gospel and the hope we have in Christ. Jesus said to the people, I want to talk more about your internal state than about bread and fish. And most walked away. And Peter said, To whom would we go, Lord, you have the words of life. And in those words of life is the direction for us to follow the way. So may we do so day to day. And may our commitment be David's cry. Is there not a cause? Is there not a greater calling than just trying to meet our own needs? May we follow after the one who calls us to become great by becoming a servant.